The Accidental Entrepreneur is brought to you with the help of our sponsor, AWeber, the world's leading small business email marketing and automation service provider. Since 1998, AWeber has helped more than 1 million small businesses and entrepreneurs through its suite of web-based email marketing, automation tools, and education. AWeber, the best option when it comes to marketing your business. The podcast is also brought to you by The Alternative Board. Since 1989, The Alternative Board, or TAB, has been one of the leading peer advisory and business coaching organizations for independent business owners and CEOs across the world. By facilitating peer advisory boards, private one-on-one coaching, and strategic planning services, TAB helps business owners improve their businesses in ways that change their lives. And be sure to connect with our affiliate sponsor, GSM Growth Agency. They're boosting e-commerce businesses to six and seven figures in revenue and cover everything from ads and social media influencers to making your website better. GSM Growth Agency focuses on taking businesses from startup success to bigger success, going above and beyond to make sure growth sticks around. They're all about cool ideas, lasting partnerships, and making your mark in the e-commerce world. And be sure to support the podcast by ordering some logo merchandise from our online store. Listen to all of our sponsors' commercials later in this episode and follow their links in the show notes to learn more about their products and services. But yeah, so uh, so I was working at the bank, working part-time, and I'm like, oh, this is just, you know, it's helping, it's keeping my, my little passion alive here. And then, so I'm seeing Jim in the back, and I'm like, this is, like, he's laughing. I'm, I keep, like, doing this, like, side-eye thing of, like, is he... They always always laughing. Oh, this is great. Like I just didn't where, know where where was this? I was at the the person's house. Um who I who I filmed friend of theirs. So he's right. Got it. So he was there. Um Jim was uh my parents' friend's uh best friend's son-in-law. I know it's a weird way. Oh, my cousin's my cousin's wife twice removed, best friend's yeah. roommate. Right. One of those things. Okay. But yeah, so um he was he's technically like friends of the family. Okay. So when I'd been to like pool parties at their house, I saw him and I'm like, I don't know who Jim Brewer was. And I was, you know, this right. teen back yeah. in like 2000. So yeah. like half baked had already been out for a while. He, he would just, he was just off of SNL. Um, so I'm like, I didn't really know who he was. Cause that wasn't like my, yeah, I wasn't part. the demographic. So, uh, so yeah, so I saw him, he, he was laughing. I'm like, this is pretty cool. So I go up to him afterwards. I was like, Hey, I'm like, you know, uh, uh, can I get, you know, an, an autograph, um, for, for me. And he's like, oh, of course, man. So he's signing stuff. And then I, I got his email address. So I sent him an email afterwards. And I was like, Hey, I'm like my, uh, my girlfriend at the time, like my girlfriend's best friend is your biggest fan. Can I get an autograph for her? Do you mind like just mailing me something? He goes, yeah, by the way, can you work for me while getting credit in school? So I said, yeah, you did video or something. Yeah. Well, oh. because he saw the video that oh, I did for my friend at the party. Right. Of course. Right. So he's, so he's like, this is, this is great. Like right up his alley of funny. Right. And you're so, friends. um, yeah. <laughs> so I, so I said, uh, yeah, it's called an internship. I can do that. I, I can get, you know, credit. So, okay, cool. So let's do it. So I went on, I went to the college. I'm like, can I do this and get credits? So like, oh yeah, you can get up to like 10 credits or 12 credits or something. I said, all right. Let's- okay. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm excited today because I'm always excited when I have like local guests on friends of mine who are, you know, networking partners and have good stories to tell. So I don't get those too often these days because we're all over the world now, but I'm excited to bring Eric on the show. If you are listening on your favorite podcast directory, please leave us a five-star review. If you're watching us on YouTube, um, like us and subscribe to the channel so we can keep bringing you uh, great guests like my buddy Eric. So let's get on with today's episode. 
The information provided in these episodes is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a guarantee of success or to be construed as advice of any kind. You should always seek advice from local licensed professionals before making any decisions. The dictionary defines an entrepreneur as a person who organizes and manages any enterprise, especially a business, usually with considerable initiative and risk. People often start a business without much choice, perhaps due to a job loss or just being dissatisfied at work, and they come up with an idea they just know can be successful. They become entrepreneurs by accident. That is to say their success or failure happens by accident, not with intention. My name is Mitch Beinhacker. I'm a corporate attorney and a business advisor. You're listening to The Accidental Entrepreneur, my podcast about how to achieve success on purpose, not by accident. Join me along with our monthly guests where we share our knowledge and help you get a hold of your business. And now on to today's episode. Hi, this is Eric Hartman from Sea Light Creative. Uh, we're a video production and photography company based in Bridgewater, focusing on services for both individuals and businesses and agencies. All right, Eric, as my buddy who's a video expert, I'm sure you really appreciate the fact that I don't do any video editing. So we play, <laughs> we'll play the commercials midway through too. So uh, I tried years ago to use that, what's that free one, VSDC or something, you know, to do some basic video editing, but there's too many things going on. With audio, I could slide things around, it's easy. With video, I leave it to the experts like you. So I just play it in and, you know, make it easy. So Eric Hartman from Sea Light Creative, if you're watching on video, because you don't hear the little opening. Um, we are in a networking group on Wednesdays, right? That's how we know each other. And uh, we're here to tell your story. So let's go back before we get into Sea Light. Maybe we'll do Sea Light in the second half of the show. Let's talk about your background and all the crazy stories you have to share. And then we'll, we'll get into uh, all the other stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I ended up jumping into video production as like a, a hobby at first. Uh, so it was just, I ma- would make like uh, family videos, vacation videos, just silly things. Right. And that's kind of how I, I jumped into what it was. I actually wanted to, to go to college to be a, uh, a tornado chaser. Uh, so I was a big you, fan of Twister. Can you do What's that? that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, you got to yeah. be like a meteorologist with a specialty in tornadoes or something? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it's You have to be a meteorologist, and so you have to you know want to be able to be sucked up by a tornado. So, yeah. And I wanted to do that. Uh, so That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so I went to Kane University to be a uh, meteorologist, started, they had a very big meteorology program. So I was like, all right, let's, let's do that. Started to do that. And then I failed pre-calc. And oh, I said, right. okay, well, I need, you know, I need to know math, trigonometry, <laughs> yeah, calculus, yeah. kind of important to figure yeah. out calculations. So uh, I decided to change my, uh, my major in my sophomore year because Kane had just come out with their media and film program. There wasn't even a media and film degree yet. It was just a communications degree. Got it. Got so it, got that's it. how so I kind of all got those it. people listening. My wife's a math tutor, right? So all these kids in high school, they're like, what do I need this for? What pre-calc I'm not going to use it for. If you want to go into media, meteorology, there you go. There's an example of a career where you need to know this stuff. So that's good. A little exactly. So, yeah. So, but Kane, we're not like in the Midwest. So do they have like a, do they have a, a, a minor in tornadoes or something? I don't think so. <laughs> you would have I to was just that up, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, I just I just went for meteorology, and then I figured oh, I'll just figure out how to get yeah. to like the Weather Channel because I'm a right. big fan of like Jim Cantore and the Weather Channel. I'm like oh, I want to be I want to be like him. Yeah, and he's still around. I think I think he's still still yeah. out there. You know, in the wind, uh, in, in the middle of hurricanes. You you would be like on location holding onto a pole, 
sideways, you know. Exactly. Hey, Eric, and we're trying to, you know, <laughs> what I mean, that would be hysterical. Of course. That exactly. Would, so that's not well, that's the thing. People look at me now and they're like, oh, I don't imagine you being a, a meteorologist. I'm like, yeah, you know, today's going to be sunny and 70 degrees. I'm like, that's not, it's <laughs> not me. Right. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's, but that's a good story. That's a good story. So, okay. So you went to Kane locally yep. and you, you were like, I'm done with this. So what did, what did you do in communication since there wasn't like a major specifically in film or video or stuff? So that's the thing that they were just switching over. So the degree wasn't actually there yet for media and film. It was just a, uh, so my, my degree is actually a communications degree with an emphasis in broadcast. Okay. So, but they were just starting to kind of like get that in there. So they didn't actually have a media and film, uh, degree at that point. So it was doing broadcast things, um, multi-camera shoots. And at that time there was still some tape work. wasn't even yeah. all digital yet. Yeah. And so I would just kind of like kept going with that. And I was doing all these sidebar things in, uh, in high school, actually, I was, uh, an introvert, which I'm very not an introvert nowadays, right. but I, I wouldn't, I would grab lunch and I'd go up to the video production room in high school and I would just go and edit family vacation videos and funny things. And that's just what my, my kind of like my passion was that I didn't realize that that's what I really liked to do. I, I was really passionate about weather, but I, on the sidebar, I really liked doing video production because it was creative, shooting, editing, you know, doing the the visual effects and things like that, special effects, uh, sound design, things like that. And so my video production teacher in high school, he was like, oh, you know, you should just pursue this. Eh, whatever. Right. Never put anything to it. And I just thought like, ah, oh, it's just, it's a fun thing, but I'm not going to make a career out of this. Didn't know that that's exactly what was going to happen. Right. So um, did your high school have a studio, like a TV studio and film and video and everything? Okay, cool. Yep. And that was tape to tape. So, I mean, it was, you know, when you had to make an edit, if you overdid it, like how nowadays how you have nonlinear editing. So nonlinear editing means that you can change it over time, right? But with tape to tape, when you make that edit, you have to go back like a frame or two in order to overcut what you've already cut. You can't get whatever was back back when you, you know, when right, you record so over that track. out. Exactly, which is that's called linear editing. So that's that's it. Like once you edit it out, it's that's gone. And you, so you it was to like cut tedious. the tape and edit it by hand and tape it together. And no, this was more uh, like VHS kind of tapes or um, okay, a, a DV cam. They were the bigger kind of tapes that what they were. Um, okay. So that that's how that was. It wasn't it wasn't digital at that point, which was it was starting to come out more and more for what it was. But in high school, we didn't we didn't really have that. Um, and then, so that's how I started out with that. But then when that transitioned to college, I already kind of had that background of, oh yeah, I, I knew exactly how to do those things. And now we're going more digital. And so that kind of worked out. Um, so yeah, so There's in digital stuff started coming about when you got there and they were just converting things over. Yeah. I mean, Kane was, they didn't have, I mean, it wasn't like the, the, the newest technology of everything, but they were still, they were, they were progressing very, very rapidly, especially because now they had the meeting film program. They're like, well, we have to get in, you know, teachers and everything that, that know what they're doing, which was actually one of the adjunct, um, one of the adjunct professors there, we ended up working together for a long time and was a great guy. Yeah. So um, how long ago was this, Eric? This was, uh, this was in 2005 when I switched my major. Okay. So were there, were there even cameras on phones in those days? It was at all like, if you're doing video, you needed no, you need, you needed a camera because like you know, iPhones weren't out yet until like 2007. Right. So, uh, that didn't, that, that wasn't a thing at that point. It wasn't like, Oh yeah, you can just shoot it on your phone and edit it and everything. And that wasn't a thing yet. You know, everything right. was on the little flip phones and right. everything else. But there were digital um, cameras at that point. Right. But they probably, correct. they didn't like upload to the cloud. There was limited 
what you could. No, it was all tape. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know when like SD cards became a thing of, of like the digital camera era, yeah. but it, the cameras that we were shooting on were all these little mini DV tapes that were like this big. Oh, right. And I remember those. I had a Sony one where the little thing would flip out and a little screen on it. Yep. What were those? An hour, a couple hour tapes? I forget. Yeah, usually our, our types um, were an hour or 90 minutes. Yeah. And, you know, when you had to capture them to the computer, it was you had to hit play and you captured it with a, with a, with a cable to the computer. But it, it took, you know, if it was an hour long tape, it took yeah. an hour to capture it. Because you're basically re-recording it to the computer. Exactly. And if your tape had a me- had something wrong with the actual tape itself, there goes your footage. Like, yeah, it, right. terrible. Yeah. Terrible, terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was the world we knew. I mean, that's all, you know, look, there was a time, you're a little bit younger than me, where you would literally take pictures and you would mail away or go to the store and bring this little capsule with the film inside. And then you'd get these pictures back. 90% of them, with, excuse my expression, were shit. Yeah. And there's nothing you could do about it. The event's gone. Yep. And that's it, you know? Yeah, and you didn't know what, especially with like the Kodak ones and stuff. When you go to weddings and you're like, "Oh, you take a picture," you don't know what it is. There's no digital back to it. You got no idea. Oh, it's all blown out. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think I think it was a relative of mine that asked. Um, I, I, they didn't understand the disposable cameras. Like, if you dispose of them, how do you get the pictures out? And everybody like stopped, looked <laughs> at him, and said, "But you throw out the camera like before you? No, you mail it in, and they throw out the. Oh, he goes, yeah, okay." So amazing. Not much for my family. So, right. All right. So, so then you started that out. So you really did kind of like slide right into video production early on. Yeah. So I knew that I really liked it. And that's when I just, I kept doing these fun things. I mean, I shot a wedding here and there that was just, oh, I'll just do it on the side. Didn't make any money on it. Freelance. Yeah, exactly. And then I had a neighbor that said that their, that her husband, you know, was turning, I think 40 and was like, oh, I want to do a video can I give you pictures and you can make a slideshow? I was like, I can do that. So I started okay. to do that for the Which family. Means, you know, like they do at bar mitzvahs. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Uh, so I started doing that. And then uh, one of my parents' friends was turning, I think he was turning 60. And they're like, oh, I, do you want to come to the party? I'm like, yeah, I'll come to the party. So I went. And I'm like, I don't know, 19, 18? I don't know. I don't figure how old I was. And I just made this funny video and – He's bald, so I made like the DVD disc. I printed on it with his bald head on top. I made a bowl. They had a bowling ball, so I took a picture right. of it, put it that. I'm like, oh, perfect. That makes complete sense. Yeah. So you know, just did some funny things like that. Put some music to it that obviously, you know, back then there was no royalty free music or things like that. It was like, oh no, you just rip it off of the yeah. internet and use it. Yeah. Um. So I started to do that, and then I realized that when I went to their house to show it to them, that I'm looking in the back and I'm like. Okay, I've seen him before at their house, like once or twice before. But I'm like, that's Jim Brewer, the comedian. Oh, that's that's interesting. Well, what were you so, doing at that time? Because you said this was like on the side, so you had a job. A different. Nope. I, I I mean, I was part time at a at an investor savings bank, which is now Citizens. But I was I was a bank teller. Oh, got so, it. so that was I wasn't just to make money. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, after college and whatnot in town, I grew up in Springfield. So in town, I just went over and would yeah. work there and everything. You're proud, um, proud, very proud. You you were in communications and you had to get into film and now you're working at the bank. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, but I was really good with numbers. I mean, I would know people's bank account numbers and social security numbers in my head. And it was just, I was a really good numbers person. I just couldn't translate that in terms of what the math was. Got it. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so I was working at the bank, working part time and I'm like, oh, this is just, you know, it's helping. It's keeping my, my little passion alive here. And then, so I'm seeing Jim in the back and I'm like, this is like, he's laughing. I'm, I keep like doing this like side eye thing of like, is he 
always, always laughing. Oh, this is great. Like, I just didn't where, know. Where, where was this? I was at the, the person's house um, who, I, who I filmed. A friend of theirs. So he's. Right. Got it. So he was there. Um, Jim was uh, my parents' friend's uh, best friend's son-in-law. I know it's a weird way. Oh, my cousin's my cousin's wife twice removed, best friend's roommate. Right. One of those things. Okay. But yeah, so um, he he's technically like friends of the family. Okay. So when I'd been to like pool parties at their house, I saw him and I'm like, I don't know who Jim Brewer was. And I was, you know, this right. teen back in like 2000. So yeah. like half baked had already been out for a while. He, he was just, he was just off of SNL. Um, so I'm like, I didn't really know who he was because that wasn't like my, yeah, I wasn't the demographic. So, uh, so yeah, so I saw him, he was laughing. I'm like, this is pretty cool. So I go up to him afterwards. I was like, Hey, I'm like, you know, uh, uh, can I get, you know, an, an autograph, um, for, for me? And he's like, Oh, of course, man. So he's signing stuff. And then I, I got his email address. So I sent him an email afterwards. And I was like, Hey, I'm like my, uh, my girlfriend at the time, like my girlfriend's best friend is your biggest fan. Can I get an autograph for her? Do you mind like just mailing me something? He goes, yeah, by the way, can you work for me while getting credit in school? So I said, yeah, you did video or something. Yeah, well, oh. because he saw the video that okay. I did for my friend at the party, right? Of course, right. So he's so he's like, this is this is great, like right up his alley. It's funny, right. and you're so friends. um, yeah. <laughs> so I, so I said, uh, yeah, it's called an internship. I can do that. I can get you know credit. So okay, cool. So let's do it. So I went on. I went to the college. I'm like, can I do this and get credits? They're like, oh yeah, you can get up to like ten credits or twelve credits or something. I said, all right, let's, cool. Okay. So I I would go to the Stress Factory Comedy Club in New Brunswick. Yeah, sure. I've been to the Stress Factory every Wednesday. This is yeah. back when when you could smoke inside there. I mean, I, I'd get out at midnight and reeking of yeah. smoke. It was terrible. <laughs> you know, here I am, like nineteen years old, twenty years old, and I'm just reeking of smoke all the time. I'm like this is brutal. I'm like my eyes are killing me. But I would literally go there with his camera. He'd give me the camera with with the tape, and all he wanted me to do was film his set. He'd give me three hundred bucks cash and be like, cool. I'll see you later. I just and want the tape. Just keeping his sets or was he using it or what was he keeping doing? it? All okay. he wanted to do was he wanted to look at his footage and know what his bits were. So what he could work on. So he'd play yeah. it back at home and figure out like, Oh, this one really killed. This one didn't. Oh, what can uh, I do differently? Like golfer, they'll watch his swing. Exactly. Like, yeah. The, yeah. He was, he was watching his swing. Yeah. There you go. Um, so yeah, so that, that's what I started doing. And then time went on. Um, and because I had been now working for him, I, I asked him, I'm like, Hey, listen, like, my girlfriend's mother is British and you do this great Joe Pesci skit. So I'm wondering, can you come into my college and we'll do Joe Pesci interviewing the queen of England and we'll make it this thing in the studio and everything. So now the newspaper came, like the school was going crazy. It was like, Oh my God, we got Jim Brewer coming. And it was awesome. And it was like this whole thing to do. Like the, the president was there and everything. I'm like, this is cool. President yeah. University. I'm like, this is really cool. So they were like, this is awesome that you got him in here. So I'm like, this is pretty cool. Like getting this traction going on. Um, so we did these fun projects like that. And then at the end of, of college, uh, Jim came up to me and he goes, Hey, like, uh, like, so you're like a bank teller, right? As like your part-time job. I said, yeah, I am. Do you want to do that for the rest of your life? I said, no, I want to do video production. I want to film, I want to edit. Like, I don't want to sit behind a desk. I mean, there's no offense to anybody ban- bankers out there, but I was like, I, that's not what I want to do. I'm, right. I'm a creative person. So, uh, so he, he said, all right, he goes, what are you making? So I told him, he goes, I'll blow him out of the water. Let's go. At, at the end of college, put in your two weeks notice and you're working full time for me. And I was like, okay. So you're his video guy. Yeah. Yeah. So you so, were travel with him and everything. Yeah. Oh, so, nice. so what ended up happening was he lived in Chester at the time. He's down yeah. in Florida now, but he's, he was in Chester. So I would just drive out to his house. He had a basement studio. We'd go there. We'd look at like funny videos that he would shoot of like his daughters 
Um, and they're really young at the time. So that like little kids and throwing them on the bed and making like these goofy videos and stuff. And then I just go and I'd edit them. And then I ended up buying like royalty free music and graphics and animations and stuff like that. And just learning on the fly. But what and YouTube was, besides watching. Oh, so he wanted to put out stuff content. Yep. Got it. Yeah. So he wanted me, he, he liked the way that I was editing stuff. So he goes, Oh, well I got all this great content. Like let's just edit stuff together. And YouTube was just starting to come out at this time. This is like 2007 or so. This is when it was really starting to explode. So there weren't many like tutorials out there of how to video edit, how to do this, how to do that. So everything I was finding, I just absorbed and just kept going and going and going. So I kept staying kind of ahead of the game of what it was. And, um, and then we just kept producing these like short little videos. And then we created his Facebook page and started putting out content for that. And his YouTube, we called it the Bruniverse. And, uh, we just started to do all this, you know, cool, funny content. And then it just so things just little video marketing guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was like the first one beside his sister was his, um, his like assistant, his office assistant. So she was the one that would do like all the bookings for the shows and contracts right. and things like that. But I was the only creative person at the time. And nice. then, um, he ended up getting a studio in Chester. So we said, all right, well, let's get a studio. So he ended up hiring a, a friend of his that was a graphic designer and web designer. So now Jim has this guy make his website and does all the graphics and, and uh, illustrations and things like that. And, uh, and it was really cool. And then right. we started to go on tour, which was yeah. the most insane experience of my sure. life. I'm sure. Um, I <laughs> mean, just, you know, tour buses and flying everywhere. We did, uh, over 20 work, right? I mean, this could be middle of the night. They're coming. Yeah. Oh yeah. O'clock at night, whatever. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. I mean, yeah. we were gone for at times, I think it was like about a week and a half at a time. Um, and then we'd be home for a couple of days and we'd go back out for you a week, two weeks. this time. No, no, no. I wasn't even, I wasn't even dating my wife at that time. Okay. Um, I was single and then I ended up meeting, I mean, I knew, I knew her at the place that we, that we met at, which is the Colorado cafe, which is unfortunately no more, but it was a country yeah, line dancing Colorado bar. Cafe line dancing, right. right, yeah. right. That was watch on. Is that, is that where Yeah. Watch on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now so yeah. Like, so I met her there and, and, um, it was great. And, uh, so I, so the, in the, in the video that I ended up making of this whole tour, it, there's actually footage of, of me and the guys stole my phone because I'm in the middle of texting her because I'm like, you know, newly like, ooh, this cute girl. You know, I'm, I'm in the middle of love at this right. point. And I'm like, oh, this is like crazy. So they they stole my phone. So they said I was like a crack addict. I was looking for his hit, like just looking for drugs. Like, where's my phone? And um, But it was great. So like we did over 20 colleges and comedy clubs across the country. And, um, it was just, it was an absolute it's blast. Like, like, like you're a rock star and all the girls just want to hook up with everybody on the, in, in the crew. Like every time you're in a city. Yeah. I, it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we probably don't crazy. want to put that on. Uh... No, no, no. But that, that thankfully it didn't happen. <laughs> Not to me. Um, it's going to show up at your door, ding dong, say hi to your wife. And this is your, uh, your 16 year old daughter. <laughs> Oh, oh my God! Amazing. When you're on the road, you're you're a comedian or whatever, a rock star, and you're taking drugs or drinking or whatever. You always worry about maybe there was a night that I don't remember. That yeah, somebody shows up at your door. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that's a cool experience because you're young. Not only you're getting video experience, but I mean, you're seeing the whole country, maybe yeah. the world. I don't know if you guys went around other countries. No, no, not just the U.S. Well. Yeah, it was. We kind of stayed like Midwest and closer to the East Coast. I mean, there was one time when I first started working for him. Actually, we flew out to. Um, to Denver. That was my first and only time flying first class. And it was insane. Met David Spade. Really? Um, he was doing a show out there. Yeah, it was just, it was insane. 
Right. But um, well, domestic yeah, I mean, class though is just really bigger seats in the front of the plane. It's not like, exactly. Yeah. Right. right yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I had an actual plate with silverware, and oh, would you like another glass of wine? Yes, I would. Um, but yeah, but other than that, I'm like, it, it gets to the same destination. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's probably gets um, old. So, how long did you work for him then? So I worked for him for eight years. I um, so it was it was it was a long. I mean, not a long time. It was, it was a long time. It was great. And um, so what ended up happening was towards the end, uh, his wife had breast cancer. Nice. And um, he didn't have enough hours in the the Screen Actors Guild, the SAG, to uh, to have health insurance. So he was like, "I gotta get, I gotta get rid of everybody. Like, I I can't afford the bills that are coming through." He's like, "I gotta just." Close so a lot the shop. of these guys don't have insurance because they they don't go out and get it separately or something. Well, that's the thing. So I think he would. I mean, I don't know the exact logistics of it, but from what I understand, is like you could have private insurance, yeah. or you could get insurance through SAG because of however many hours you work, you know, in film and TV, Broadway, and all that. Like to be full time, twenty five hours or more on average, or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Was so yeah. So program. yeah. So what ended up happening was, I guess that that there wasn't enough hours. So he's like, I can't, I can't afford everybody. Like, I got to just close up shop. Right. So, but towards the end of that. He, because his wife had breast cancer, he wanted to be closer to home. He wanted to be closer to his kids and everything. He's like, I don't want to be touring. I don't want to be flying around. Like, I want to stay with my with my family. So as those things were lower, he was like, I, if you guys want to freelance, that's fine. I'll still pay your salary. Just kind of like kick me back some money. Like for whatever freelance stuff you're working. This way it helps pay back your salary. You're getting extra money. I was like, okay, that works. So, you know, I mean, like I already had health insurance with him and everything else. I'm like, this is cool. I'm like, this is just kind of like extra cash. So the other guy who was working with him, his graphic designer and his web designer, um, he was like, hey, this com- this ad agency needs motion design work. And you've been doing everything for Jim like that. I don't know any of that stuff. So do you want it? Do you want the job? I was like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll go in. So, it's like so I ended up doing. You were being hired. As exactly. Got it. So I ended up working underneath their company. And that's how kind of that relationship ensued of doing ad agency work. So, I mean, I was doing work for Eli Lilly and Pfizer and Bayer and all of the big companies that, that they had had. Exactly. Got it. So, um, so I was doing all those videos and I was like, this is cool. So towards the end when he goes, Oh, I got to let everybody go. Like, are you guys going to be okay? And literally I got a text message and it was like, Hey, and I'm in, I'm, I'll never forget. I was in Arizona in a, in a hotel room at the ad agency, like working, doing one of their jobs. And I'm like, I just got let go. And the creative director I was with was like, are you going to be okay? I said, yeah. It's like, Oh, we can get you full time now. Really cheap. I'm like, no, you can't. Because <laughs> right. I'm newly married, I'm a year married now. Yeah, have an apartment. My wife doesn't have a full time job. I'm like, uh, I I gotta like get a job. Uh, like, yeah, I'm like I I I need to do something. So talking about the accidental entrepreneur. Yeah, this is how I literally got tossed into it because he goes, "Are you going to be okay?" And I said, "Yeah, I'll make it. I'll make it work." Right. And I just I had no choice. But I, yeah, he was my only full time job that's ever been. And I literally went in 2013 was, uh, was when everything kind of changed over. So that was when I became full-time in my business. So you um, became full-time video doing work through agencies. That was yep. how you started doing all the work. Yep. Right. And you had what uh, a bunch, you had a bunch of jobs you were working on already for this one agency that you were working with. Yeah. I mean, to the point where, I mean, I was a subcontractor, but I didn't even need to ask, am I coming in on Monday? They were just like, okay, cool. See you at nine. I was there nine to five, five days a week, didn't have to do anything. And it was just, all right, I submit my invoices and get paid and I'm done. Okay. So 
so this is a good question then because you know it's an entrepreneurial podcast and hopefully entrepreneurs and people are listening so you ha- you really didn't have much of a business background right you hadn't been running no. your own business you probably were just working as you being contracted to they gave you a contract and you signed it whatever so how do you start out like what did you do that first day and then said oh shit i don't have a job now i'm working with this agency did you go out and find an attorney and form? There was no legal zoom in those days. Did you form like an entity? What did you do for contract? How did you run your business? Start to run your business. So maybe you didn't. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't. <laughs> no, this um, is a lot of people don't. And yeah. it, it worked out for you. It doesn't always work out for people. No, no. It, it, I, I was very lucky with this. So um, what I ended up doing was all my work was through, so the other guy that was working for Jim, I was basically being paid under him because he was the one that had the contact with the agency and everything else. So I had that whole thing going on. So I was just kind of getting paid from him. So I said, oh, well, I don't need to worry about contracts or anything else. Like I'm getting my hourly rate. He does. I'm good. Right. Right. So, um, I mean, there was, you know, stuff to sign of like, Hey, you know, you can't post stuff publicly and things like that. I'm like, all right, that's fine. NDA stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I never had, and I never business attorney. I went online. I was like, Oh, I'll do whatever to make an LLC. Everyone's like, Oh, don't pay an attorney. Like just do the paperwork. It's easy work. I was like, all right, fine. So I ended up doing that and just formed an LLC. And I was like, okay, this is what it is. I got a business bank account at investors where I worked and I was like, Oh cool. This is, you know, this is yeah, like right. my exactly. home away from home. A little bit of a banking background. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I did that and I just kind of kept going forward with it until, um, I think it was two years after that or a year after, um, that I went full time with my business that that agency was sold to a bigger agency and, um, and the, the owner of the company left and, um, who I love her. She's amazing. And she went on to, uh, to Florida. She moved down South, but she sold it to this bigger company. And so the bigger company was more corporate. Uh-huh. And, um, apparently there were a lot of people that, that weren't a fan of, of what that was. They liked the small agency kind of feel. So they left. And the way that all these ad agencies kind of work is like, everybody knows everybody. Mm-hmm. So I never had to do any advertising because, once, you know, 10 people left, they went to all these different agencies. They go, hey, we need a video guy. Yeah. We need motion graphics. We don't know anybody who does that. And so they'd call me. And yeah. that's how I kind of like spread my my network that way. So there wasn't a lot of guys who did what you were doing. Not, at least not locally. I mean, now with everything, you know, being remote and yeah, anybody can right. hire anybody. But yeah, no, there was nobody that was around. I was, I, and I was literally the only videographer and editor that they used for years, this agency. And because nobody else did it. And um, so that's how kind of I, I grew into that kind of realm of things. Right. And to the point where like they had other subcontractors that were graphic designers and web designers, coders, things like that. They'd let everybody go because they're like, oh, no, we're in a, we're, we can't, we can't do anything. Like everybody's gone. I was literally the only subcontractor because I was the only one who knew video and motion graphics. I was right. the only one that stayed. They were like, you're staying. I'm like, oh, but everyone else is gone. I felt terrible. I'm like, oh, but what? But they were like, no, we, we have four videos coming through. Like, we need you. So right. I said, okay. And that's yeah, how kind of I just really kept going. Kind of found a niche that was in demand and you didn't have to do a lot of business development, right? That wasn't part of the – because that's usually like the entrepreneur's biggest problem, right? It's like, who, who the hell do we do business with? How do we do this and how do we market ourselves? So you didn't really have to do that. You weren't doing your own video marketing, right? Right. Yeah, not at all. I, I didn't have a website until I think 2016. And even then it was a landing page. 
Yeah. I didn't need it. Yeah. I still get people that are like, hey, do you have a, a reel for your business? No, I don't need one. I, I've never right. needed That's one. The equivalent of a portfolio, basically. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So basically, like showing you, like, you know, what you're shooting, how you're editing, and all that stuff. And I'm like, no, here's six examples of my work on Vimeo. Right. That's but good. Like, and if not, yeah. I'm not the next guy. Well, and that's the thing, because when, when people would move on to another agency, they already knew my work ethic. They knew how hard I worked. They knew what I could do. They knew my capabilities and they knew what they could ask me to do. And I would say either yes or no, or I'll figure it out. So I didn't need to to prove myself right. to anybody else. It was just like, no, they know clearly because yeah. they yeah. wouldn't be like, they, they wouldn't be asking me to, to come and do work for them if they didn't know that I was capable of doing it. So, um, now, does that continue till today? Meaning these people you work with, obviously they've gone other places and, and they still call you and stuff. You have a whole yeah. litany of people. Yep. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And I mean, I still reach out to people every now and then on LinkedIn, but I mean, the yeah. majority of the time, like they're like, hey, oh yeah, that guy at at the, at the ad agency. And I'm just like, yeah, cool. Let's do it. Jump in. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. So your other networking and marketing work with small business owners really kind of just fill work that adds to the regular agency work that you get. Yeah. Cause I mean the, the ad agency work is probably like 80, 90% of my income. Yeah. Um, but I still, what's that? It's steady. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's steady enough. Um, it's not, you know, consistent like it used to be where it was, you know, five days a week and I'm doing all this stuff. But you know, as time went on, you know, COVID obviously threw a monkey wrench into everybody's business plans. Right. Um, and that's when I decided on trying to do live streaming and, trying to figure out how to make things work for what people needed and what they could do. Right. Um, but yeah, so now I'm, I'm more in the the realm of trying to help out small business owners and, and things like that and trying to, to jump more into that kind of thing. Cause I like the hands-on approach too. Cool. I mean, I love working with business owners, like hands-on knowing what their pain points are, you know, right. what, how video can help them that they probably don't have experience in or that they can't afford. Right. So yeah, the creative yeah. process. All right, so it's been about half an hour. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break for my sponsors? And uh, then we'll come back and let's talk about like what you do for business owners and maybe some tips and tricks and you know why people should be considering video. I mean, it's obvious, right? Because we're seeing people. We see things visually. But how they can incorporate that. Because I'm sure there's a lot of small business owners out there that don't even consider it as something that they should be doing. And that they should be which is why I ended up putting this on YouTube. I was like, what am I doing with all this video? So, all right, so let's take a commercial and then we'll, we'll come back. All right, sounds good. Here's a word from our sponsors. Looking to market and grow your business? Or perhaps you're just getting started and want to hit the ground running. AWeber is the best choice for online email marketing and automation of your business. From maintaining a subscriber list to drip campaigns and landing pages, AWeber gives you tools and integrations that make marketing easy and fun. As our partner and sponsor, we use all their tools to promote the podcast and market our law firm. AWeber, the best alternative for online marketing. For over 30 years, the Alternative Board, or TAB, has built a thriving community of forward-thinking CEOs and business owners who want to radically improve their companies. Through unique combinations of one-on-one business coaching, participation in monthly tab board meetings with other non-competing owners, a suite of strategic tools and customized strategic planning workshops, tab membership can deliver greater strength to your business and a better work-life balance for you and your family. All packaged in a streamlined and affordable service that the people at tab invite you to try risk-free. 
Are you struggling with managing advertising due to a lack of time or expertise? Perhaps you're facing challenges in scaling ads for your store. Are you feeling lost when strategies have no success? GSM Growth Agency is your reliable partner in overcoming these business challenges. Feel the impact of collaborating with a team dedicated not only to short-term goals, but also to building long-term partnerships and achieving sustained success. Embark on an exciting journey to redefine the possibilities of e-commerce and create a legacy of unparalleled excellence. Take decisive action now. Follow their link in the show notes to receive a complimentary audit of your Shopify store conducted by a GSM expert. Propel your e-commerce game to new heights with GSM Growth Agency. Follow the link in the show notes to learn more about all of our sponsors. And now back to our show. Okay, we're back. I'm sure you you cringe. You hear the video sound and the audio back. It, it gets cleaned up when I when I do editing, but uh, <laughs> nice. It is what it is. I'm a low budget shop, so um, yeah. That that guy uh, GSM Growth Agency. This guy Anatoly was on my podcast. He did a live episode in October, so he became mm-hmm. a uh, affiliate sponsor. He's got a crazy story of how he got to where he he is and now he's doing like he just does ads like Facebook ads and helping companies because he figured out the formula after he was making no money like living in the streets. Um, so crazy. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about, um, see like creative, like let's, and let's put the agency stuff aside, like what you, what you do for small business owners and where you see video as a place for, you know, the average entrepreneur and, and tricks and things like that. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. Let's do it. All right. So, I mean, I would say probably the thing that I, appreciate most when working with small business owners is trying to figure out how they have experienced video in the past. What do they like about it? What do they not know about it? Um, you know, people that don't have video on their website, it's a critical thing for a number of reasons. And I always tell us the people I'm like SEO, like your search engine optimization, your bounce rate, all that stuff, it all plays a part of how people find you and that, you know, Google is crawling your website knowing, Hey, is this relevant content? Right. So the longer that somebody's on your website for, especially on your, um, your homepage and your other pages, the better your results will show up. So if you have a, 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 just a landing page that doesn't really do anything and they don't and they don't have to go anywhere to find anything else and they get all their information on page one and they leave and your bounce rate goes up because it means that they went on the first page, they didn't find the information useful and they left. Yeah. So you want to be able to go to all these other pages and everything. You want them to stay on your website for a, a longer period of time. So if you have a video on there, it's They're an easy way it. to hold their attention. Right. Exactly. Hopefully they'll watch it. You know, 60 seconds, 30 seconds, something just to hold their attention on there. Because right. once they go on, if they're on and they bounce in 10 seconds, Google's going to go, nope, it's either not relevant or not good content. Right. So video is a very easy way to do that. And mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be anything crazy. I mean, I've coached people in the past just to say, Hey, listen, if you want to do something short and quick and easy, sure. You can do it on your phone. You can do it with a camera. You can do it on your laptop, but just there's ways around it so that you don't look like garbage, like right. recording on zoom yeah. and putting your 640 by 360 video or whatever the resolution is, is just atrocious. And it just looks, makes you look bad. So I'm like, right. that's, that's no good. Yeah, that's why I switched to Riverside because it's much clearer. Much yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I mean, and yeah, and plus you have the control over like full screen video versus like that little tiny box of a person right. in the corner and you know, your, your pixelation and everything else. Um, so yeah, there's, there's just, there's ways around it to, to create high quality video 
that doesn't break the bank. Um, the way that I do like to work with business owners though, is like I said, trying to figure out what are they, what are their experiences with video? Have they used video in the past? If they have, did they like it? Did they not like it? Did they hire a professional? You know, what are their things that they've kind of gone through so that I can figure out, okay, cool. What do we have to fix? What do we have to explain? What do we need to tell you about? Because there's a lot of misconceptions on video too of, you know, oh, well I need to, you know, I, I don't have the budget for it. And that's why I say like there's ways around it to create high quality video that you don't need to hire a professional every single time. You know, you need like you a know. studio with a sound engineer and boom mics and background right. and makeup artists, right? Yeah, exactly. You could do um, that, but it's expensive. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I love those shoots. I've got sure. one on Tuesday <laughs> um, and it's fantastic. Um, yeah. But you don't you don't need that for everything. You don't need a, a five figure budget to, to have a, a good video. Um, right. So it. I think people don't understand that video is something that can be simply done. And there's ways that you could create things that other people aren't doing. So for instance, one thing that I like to tell people is your FAQs, right? So if it's something like, Hey, as an example for you, how do I create a will? What do I need to tell you? Instead of it being text on your website, it could be a very short video that again can keep people on your page Google says, oh, I like this. They're, they're, they like your website. They can watch a short video. You explain it very quickly, whether it's through text or graphics or voiceover or whatever. Mm-hmm. But just the, having those little things on there can just set you apart from somebody else that's every website is just text. Right. Yes, text is easy to read and you can quickly kind of crawl through it. But these are just ways that I've found that can help people be different than somebody else. Um, so things like that, you know, your FAQs that like, um, for that instance, or if you're even doing things where it's like an about us page, mm-hmm. like I, I hate, hate seeing stock footage of, Oh, our staff. And it's like somebody sitting there with a headset on smiling and yeah. I'm like, that's not you. Um, oh, you mean, know, they're using stock photos. They're saying our staff and they don't show pictures of the staff. Right. <laughs> or, well, or it's like, like about us. Right. And right. it's like, you see like, you know, people in a boardroom. That's not oh. you. Right. Exactly. Not you. Um, where like I've seen numerous websites where, you know, either they don't have an about us page or there's no pictures of them. I'm like, I want to see those people. Right. So that's another instance to the name. Right. So that's another instance where like, I would love to do a 30 second, 60 second, mostly a 30 second video of being like, here's some information about the owner or who's going to be coming to your house to do the install or you know, unless it's a subcontractor kind of thing where, you know, you're using multiple people and it's not consistent, mm-hmm. then obviously I wouldn't be doing that. But if it's somebody who's like, Hey, I'm, you know, a car detailer, I want to see you. I want to see the work you're doing. I want to know how you work. I want to see the stuff you're using. Yeah. Just seeing those things in a quick 30 second, 60 second video can do worlds of a difference versus, Oh, I detail cars. How are you different? Right. Who, who are you? Who's coming to my house? Right. You know? Yeah. Um, people entrust things to you. They want to kind of get a feel for, you know, more than just recommendations from other people in their Facebook group, you know? Exactly. You know, and, and, and that's something too, that I've been trying to work with, with businesses is that instead of just saying like, if you on Facebook, right, we have a, a group in, in our town, Bridgewater. Uh-huh. And instead of just saying like, Oh, Hey, I recommend Bob's plumbing, right. Instead of just tagging their company name or whatever, if they had a short video to be like, Hey, here's, you know, I, I would love to recommend Bob, you know, I, right. I, and talk about him, say like what he's done for the house, what, what he's done for, for your business, whatever the case is. And then a short little snippet video of like, Hey, here's who he is. Oh, it stands out from the sea of people saying, 
tag, 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 tag. It's, it's just, it's too much. And people just kind of like look at it and go, oh yeah, they recommend this person. They recommend this person, but nobody ever talks about it. Most people don't. So you're saying um, that the client would give a video recommendation instead of a written one. Yeah. On their yeah. Phone. I mean, it, it, exactly. Because then, then they can put the, the face to the name. Right. People can understand, they can see what it is. And again, that stands out. Yeah. I, so many times I get people on Facebook that are like, oh, we're looking for a daycare. And I recommend the one that our kids go to. And I always have a longer thing that I type out about it and explain why we like them, what we love, like like how oh, long they've been there for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but but if you have a little video of it and being like, cool, this is this is that information, it can just explain it so much easier. And I feel like people would interact with that differently because it's so different. Definitely. Um, you know, my father was on, he's on the board for, uh, for where they live at their development. And he, he goes, Oh, I want to make my, my, uh, my letter stand out. What should we do? So I told him, I was like, Oh, let's type it out. I'm like, let's take a nice headshot of you. Like make it look different. Swear to God. He, they get, they get six or seven people, however many it was that were putting in their information. And his was the only one with a picture. And what ended up happening Got Some that. other one was like, oh, that was a really good idea. I should do that. So then yeah. she put her picture on there to make her stand. And, and his was the one that stood out because it put a face to the name. It wasn't just, oh, here's Rick Hartman. It was like, no, oh, I've seen that guy. He walks around all the time. Right. You know, he's doing whatever. He's out in the backyard on the, on the deck hanging out. Like they know who he is now. So yeah. it's not just who it is. It's understanding like, oh, I remember him. Or they yeah. could see this, you know, a business owner and be like, oh, yeah. You know, I did see somebody walking around with that sweatshirt on at, at Wegmans. You know, just it, it's so much more easier to, to see it visually. We're visual people. Right. You know, I just I don't understand when people don't do that, which is why I try and help them and say, like, this is these are things that we could do. Yeah. I mean, that's why you need to have a photo on any of your social media profiles, because you, you know how many people you must pass like in your community on a regular basis that own businesses that you might go into and you just don't even know who the owners are. But if you if you saw their face, you would recognize more people. Yeah, absolutely. Dig much. Yeah. But I agree with you. you should, I see some really crappy photos. So if you're going to have a headshot, spend a little bit of money and get, you know, a decent headshot. But yeah. also, isn't there a way to do like a, a profile video on LinkedIn? There's a way to do like a short. I don't know if you do it professionally or you got to record it through LinkedIn or whatever. But I think there's a way. Somebody showed me years ago, but I, I don't know how to, I don't remember how to do it, but there is a way mm. I think, to link like a short video to your photo. You click on it. Well, have to figure that one out. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember Facebook years ago used to do video, like cover videos. And then they did away with that, which is a shame because right. I liked that. Like, cause I was like, oh, that would be really cool system, to be able to right? do that. Yeah. yeah. More bandwidth or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, all right. So then let's talk about like tips and tricks. We know why they should do it because we're visual people and it puts a face to the name and it definitely makes you stand out. So if I'm a business owner, I have, you know, small budget. Let's say we have no budget. I have a small budget. How do I get started? Do I get a selfie stick with, with, uh, with my phone? You know, those are always funny watching the videos of selfie sticks. Um, or do I, you know, to go out and get a tripod and, uh, and some stuff? Do I call a guy like you? What, what, what do I do? I mean, it, it does depend on budget and how much they want to either learn to do themselves right. or how much, or, or if, if, listen, you know, I, I don't have the time for it, you know, to learn how to do things to learn how to edit. Right. Um, that's when I'm like, it's just easier just to call somebody like me who can just do it for you. 
Yeah. Um, you know, it gets to a point where like you think about like how long does it take you to mow the lawn? Like an hour, two hours, you know, depending on how much land you got and how much work you want to do. Is it really worth your time to do that? Or are you better off paying somebody 40 bucks, 50 bucks, just do it for you. Right. So it, it becomes a, a balance of, do you want, is this content you're going to be doing a lot? Cause if you're going to be doing it a lot and you want to be doing like, you know, reels for Instagram or, you know, short videos for Facebook, like, Hey, listen, you know, I, I want to shoot, you know, things for a restaurant. It depends. You know, I'm always a big fan, obviously, of like the high quality photo, high quality video, and we can knock some of those things out in a short amount of time. Right. Um, so typically, whenever I do like photos for a restaurant, we're not just doing one dish in a day. We're doing six dishes. We're doing different drinks. We're doing all these other things so that there's content in right. one fell swoop. We capture all of it because that. the more we get done in one day, the easier it is. Right. Um, and I tell people that all the time, especially when we're filming. Like I was doing work for a, a college in Newark, Pillar College. And we were doing all their testimonials. And I said, the more we can shoot in one day, cheaper it is. Because right. it doesn't matter how much I film. You're paying me for my day. Once we have all that footage, then we talk about how many videos you want to create. Oh, we're going to do 12 testimonials. Okay, well, then that becomes a thing where either we make out a package. So it costs X amount of dollars for that. Or we do it per video. Right. So that's where it, it kind of comes into play is like, how much is your budget? And then we work around it and we go, okay, cool. Well, whatever your budget is, we'll work out and figure out can we come in and film or are we not filming? Is it something right. that like you got to just set up something um, and do it yourself? Do you do editing but, only? Like, cause I think editing is a real challenge for people. So if somebody films a video, mm -hmm. something that's not total crap, um, do you do editing for them? Like they'll send you the video or upload it or something? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I end up doing for um, this one ad agency is they will send me videos um, typically through zoom. I've already talked about that, um, that I don't, it's low quality, but I'll just edit those together and do the yeah. graphics and everything else and make it look as good as possible. Right. Um, but I, I do prefer to go through, you know, a platform like Riverside where it's like, we can do that. And it's just, you know, I sit down with them, you know, virtually like we are right now and do the recording. And then once those videos are done, I get them all and we just edit them together and make it look all pretty. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'll do just the editing too. Um, you know, it's the old saying though, shit in, shit out. So, well, right. You, you know, it, make it looks so good, right? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So, so how did you learn as a business owner to price your services? Obviously when you're with the agencies, right? They're like, listen, Eric, it's uh, you know, per diem or an hourly rate or whatever, keep track of your time. But so you start your own business. Now you're working with other individuals, small businesses. How did you kind of approach that? What had you figure out? Well, what, what the hell am I going to charge these people? So I kind of looked at it as what is the effort worth Okay. Like how much is this, yeah. is this going to be really hard for them to do? Right. Cause if it is, then my Chargeable. value is higher. Right. So, I mean, if we're talking, you know, drone and two cameras and lights and sound and everything else, and I got to hire a second shooter, then yeah, then the, the price is a lot more than one person with, you know, one camera and some lights. Right. Um, you know, a lot of people, they don't factor in things like insurance. So okay. there are, so many drone operators out there that do not have what's called their part 107. So that license is for commercial use. So if you if you're filming something for a business, for a school, for anything, and you don't have that license and the drone crashes, it hurts somebody, it breaks something like you're screwed. Right. You're not even <laughs> so, insurance without the license. They probably want to see a copy of it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, but like things like that, that I just make sure that we're doing everything legitimately, you know, having insurance, you know, God forbid somebody trips on a cable, a light, you know, something like that, it's all got to be taken right. care of. So, 
you know, those things is like, what's the effort worth for what you want to do? And I kind of price it out accordingly that way. Um, I did struggle in the very beginning stages of learning the difference in terms of pricing right. because, you know, we're all learning things as we go along. And again, like no business experience when I first started doing things. Right. So the majority of my work was ad agencies. So I'm like, oh, great. You know, they Get got a good budget. Right. Right. Where then I go to a small business or, oh, I want to do an event. And I'm like, I don't know what to charge. Right. How much is going to be? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, sure underpriced them sometimes, you know, as you get started and the busier you are, you, you know, you, you, and you, you probably didn't think about like your other costs at first, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, but no. you got it. By the way, that's good advice for people listening. If they're going to work with a, <laughs> with a videographer or video agency, they should ask them if they ever copy their insurance and make sure they're properly licensed, especially if they're flying drones over school zones. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. By your own insurance carrier. Yeah. Because there's huge liability there, right? If the thing just like conked out and crashed. It's happened, man. It's happened. Uh, Not to me, thank God. But I mean, it's happened where people are flying their drones out and all of a sudden they'll, they'll just lose connection. They're not paying attention to the battery and it will literally drop out of the sky. Nothing you can do about it. And the blades will just stop running and it'll just drop. Or, oh yeah, it hit somebody, you know, and that's why they say not flying over highways and populated areas and things like that. And that's why you need to make sure you have the proper insurance for all that stuff because God forbid that happens and someone gets hurt, killed, whatever. Like that's a huge, huge, huge liability issue. Yeah. Um, but people just think like, oh, cool, I can just fly a drone. Yes, you can. And it's scary the fact that for recreational use, you, you don't need a license. Like, no, you can just you don't need a license. No. And a lot, unfortunately, I see a lot of real estate, um, a lot of real estate agents that that just like go, oh, I'll just buy a drone and just do it. And, do and it there's wrong. such a huge liability with that. Use, right. Whether but they, they just, not. yeah, but yeah, they just, they go, Oh no, no I'm just going to buy one and just do it. And I'm like, Oh dude, come on. Like this is not good. Um, it's such a liability and it's really inexpensive to, to get your license for it. And you know, yes, it's a time consuming test. It's, it is very rigorous. You have to pass with a 70. Um, but I mean, like I thought I did really good and the score yeah. I got and I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> I mean, I passed, but I was like, yeah. Oh my God, it was just. Yeah. It put me through the ringer. No, I think um, uh, working a drone is not easy, right? Flying those things. No, no, it's definitely not. And it's a very like fine tune, you know, touch to it. You yeah. don't just like pull it. You know, you can put things in auto like anything else. People right. that buy like a, DSL, a DSLR camera or a mirrorless, mirrorless camera and they go, oh, yeah, I just put it in auto and it works. I'm like, sure, you're letting the camera do all the work instead of yourself. But you don't have, you don't understand like what changes things. So, oh, I want to do like, you know, a, a slow motion shot. How do I change that? Oh, why is it looking like this? Why is it looking like that? And they don't know the answer. Yeah. Um, and same thing with flying a drone. Like, yeah, you can put it in auto, but auto is never the the good reason for most most cameras out there. Right. It's like autopilot, basically, right? Yeah. 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 All right, good. So um, I don't know where we go from here. I think that people need to consider video. I don't think they consider it enough. I mean, YouTube is great, but... And so TikTok's great, but when it comes to your business, you want to put your best, you know, foot forward. And it's not just about, like you said, your website, your business card, your logo. I mean, that's part of it, right? But and it should carry over to your video, right? Should the look and feel mm-hmm. should should match. But I, I think that's more of a challenge for people still, right? The, I mean, you can do a lot of stuff yourself, but the video is just really. I mean, sure, we can film video on our phone, like that's fine, right? He's, but to really make it look professional, much harder than. The other things there are tools out there but it's just difficult 
I even yeah. tried to do whiteboard stuff, you know, with the, with the characters or whatever. Forget it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it, it can be very daunting. And there's there's automated tools out there, especially AI is coming so far. Yeah. And I'm just waiting for the day that they're like, cool, drop in all this raw footage and make me a video. Like, right. I'm just, I'm waiting for that day yeah, to happen. Not yet? You can't? Not, not fully at this point, but I'm just, I'm waiting for that, for that day to come. And then people are going to go, cool, we don't need an editor. I know. And, I know. you know, it's same thing with ChatGPT. People think like, oh, yeah, I'll just write an article, no problem. And just, you know, use it. You will. I mean, you don't know what you're reading. You can ask it to write a business contract, an operating agreement. I've checked. Actually, I asked ChatGPT to write me an operating agreement. It was pretty good. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It looked like my, part of it looked like my agreement. So obviously it's pulling information that's out there, whatever. But I know what I'm reading. So I know whether it should, that's the problem with some of this stuff, right? You don't know whether it's good or bad or what the, what the, even video, right? So they put together a video without any rhyme or reason in your mind, like why is this better or worse if you're doing it to achieve results and, you know, SEO and, and impress people and be an authority in your area or your industry, I meant. Yeah. So I think that we're a long way from that, you know, going away, even, even with AI stuff where people make things, they still don't have somebody telling them this is why I'm doing this. This is why this paragraph should be in there. This is why I'm this shot makes sense, right? Because mm-hmm. of the angle of what, uh, you know, whatever. So I don't know. Someday we'll just have a robot living in our house and it'll do everything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So um, how, if people want to learn about C-Light Creative and they want to connect with you and how do they, how do they do it? Um, so the easiest way is through my website. So it's sealightcreative.com. Okay. And then once you go on there, there's a landing page. It says, you know, are you looking for work for a business and an agency or for individuals and families? We do, you know, family portraits, events, um, things like that. And then, yeah, on the business side, you just click there and you'll see all the information in there. Okay. And then there's a contact page. There's my Calendly that's set up there so they can schedule a meeting, um, even for free lunch and whatnot. They just want right. to come hang out and get some lunch and we'll just talk about, you know, what they're looking to do. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to do it. All right. And we'll put a link in the show notes, but it is C light S E A, not S E E. Correct. Yeah. C light, like, like the, like the, the ocean. Yeah. Um, yeah. C light creative.com. People think of C light creative S E. Do you see light? I don't see light. You don't have Uh, that just go to one place just in case. What's that? You should have the C light S E E light creative.com just to Good idea. You know, I tried to get sealight.com, S-E-A-L-I-G-H-T.com, and it's a company that's in like uh, uh, Australia or something. Yeah. But it's it's Sealight. It's S-E-A-L-I-T-E. And so they bought the other domain and they redirect it. And I've been in contact with them. I'm like, can I just get this domain? They're like, no. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> they don't use Killing it. Killing me. No, it, ju- it just redirects uh, to their to their real website. And I'm like, yeah. uh, killing me. All right. Well, Eric, I can't thank you enough. Like I said, great to have you on local guest and one of my networking partners. So, um, yeah, everybody check out C like creative, go to his website, find him on LinkedIn and learn how, you know, video can improve your business. So Eric, I can't thank you enough for spending the morning with me. Thank you. Really appreciate it, man. Thank you for listening to this episode of the accidental entrepreneur opening and closing music written and performed by Howie Moscovich and made to order music. For information about Howie and his music services, please follow the link in our show notes. If you like the podcast, please tell others about us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and most of the other podcast directories. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review and feel free to share our episodes on social media. 
If you have any questions or comments, ideas for the show, or you'd even like to appear as a guest, reach out to us by email at info at the Accidental Entrepreneur is hosted by Mitch Beinacker and produced by Beinacker Law. If you'd like to learn more about our business and legal services, you can find us on social media or visit our website at BeinackerLaw.com. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to our feed to be notified of all future episodes.